Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Christmas greetings. Welcome to Walk with God. My name is Brenda. Thank you for joining Walt and me for this week's podcast. And speaking about walk, I want to talk to you today about going on a walk with young children. Maybe you have your own young children and you like to go out and look at nature and get some fresh air and some exercise. Maybe you have grandchildren and you go for walks with them. The thing that's amazing about young children is on a walk, they seem to find different treasures. The things that they think that are beautiful or unique are so very different from those of us who are adults or even older children. But when you watch them, they might pick up a stone that they just think is so special and they put it in their pocket or they carry it back home in their hand, a shell if you're at the beach or the shore. Uh, They may even just find a stick and they take this newfound treasure home. Uh, sometimes they see a bug or a caterpillar. We have the cutest picture of one of our grandsons. I think it's Rush. He was maybe around two years old. He is squatting down, looking at this caterpillar, crawling along on their sidewalk. And it's a very cute picture. But he is just totally enthralled. And this is his found treasure. And so I ask all of us that question. Wald, I ask you, what do you treasure? Yeah, and even as you ask me that, I, I, I'm i not a big stuff guy, but one of the things that has come to me fairly recently, uh, gifted to me by my aunt, was my grandfather's roll-top desk. And and he had bought this uh, farm, but on, included on the farm was a, a train station, and this was the station master's desk. And it's just a, a family keepsake that's now over a hundred years old. And it's not real fancy, but it's something I treasure because it, it connects me to my past. It connects me to the, the man I was named after and, and the place where I was raised on this small farm um, in northern Pennsylvania. And so we want to take that word treasure today, right, in our message, and as we share some scriptures, and in fact, the most common scripture, often read, we hear it at the Christmas Eve service, or we hear it on Christmas Day, if we sit around in the living room and we read the Christmas story with our family found in Luke 2. We've probably all watched Charlie Brown's Christmas special and listened to Linus quote these amazing Bible verses filled with the announcement of good news to the shepherd. Well, today we want to pull back the curtain and we want to take a closer look. We want to look at the shepherds, but we also want to take a closer look at Mary. This young virgin woman is beginning to feel the pangs of labor and childbirth. And Joseph is unable to find lodging for them at the inn there in Bethlehem. And he's able to locate a shelter for them in an animal stable. Mary's young. She doesn't have a midwife or sisters. Her mother is not with her or cousins to assist her with the delivery 
of her firstborn son. No, rather, she must depend on Joseph to help her through these hours of labor and birth. And no doubt, as they traveled that long road from Nazareth to Bethlehem, they discussed the arrival of this baby. Mary knew the timing of her pregnancy, and she knew that this baby would arrive soon. And and even as we say that, the, the law of hospitality in the Middle East stated that, that you needed, if you could help, you would help somebody that came to you in dire straits. And and that was what we would expect. They have relatives, maybe cousins, uh, maybe um, uh, others that, that are there in Bethlehem that, that are from their family, but none of them step up and help them. And I think the text doesn't explain this um, exactly, but I think the reason is because they knew that Mary had um, had become pregnant before she got married, and they were ostracized, and and that just makes me terribly sad. But that's the the setting for our Savior and His birth. And that verse in Luke two seven, where at the end of that verse it says that she'd given birth to her firstborn son, and then at the end because. There was no room for them in the inn. Even though they were coming to Bethlehem to register uh, where Joseph's family was from, and the scriptures tell us that Mary brought forth this son, and she wrapped him in cloths in swaddling clothes, and she gently placed her infant son in a stone feeding trough. What thoughts and emotions were flooding through her mind? Certainly, she replayed the words of Gabriel on the day when he came to speak with her just nine months ago. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. And then in the end of those verses there in Luke 1, the end of verse 34, his kingdom will have no end. Well, even as we continue on in the story, we're going to focus in on the shepherds. And they play an important role um, in Luke 2, verses 8 to 12. Let me read them. In the, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And even as we talk about these shepherds, it's interesting that a scholar from past by the name of Edersheim says, um, the Mishnah and Jewish writings talk about this area. This is where sheep were raised for sacrifice. These would become lambs led to the slaughter. And these shepherds were not just ordinary shepherds. They were required to make sure that the sheep uh, were in good condition, that the sheep were perfect as could be. And these shepherds, I believe, are getting this message that, hey, we've talked about a lot of different things that are coming, but now we need to see this Savior. 
we need to be saved from something, which is actually our sin, who is Christ, the, the Mashiach, the, the Messiah, and he's Lord. And this will be a sign for you when you find that babe. And even as we talk about the sign, it's not that the baby is wrapped in cloths. <laughs> um, swaddling cloths, every baby was wrapped in swaddling cloths. It, it's almost like saying, and you'll find the babe with pampers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no, no, that's yeah. not the sign. But the sign is lying in a manger. Um, that's the unique sign. Why would you put a child in a dirty, drafty, animal-filled manger? Well, it's because the family, which should have been helping them, which was required to help them, weren't. Um, I love these men. Um, um, they, they're out in the, the fields. They're rough and tumble. And the angel shares this good news with the shepherds. And they go to the city of David. And the sign, again, is that babe lying in a manger. I think it's really interesting, while you and I were talking about this, why would the Lord send the angel with with this kind of news, this good news to shepherds who are out in a field? Yeah, and, and I think we would say, no, that the Lord's going to send angels to um, the rabbis and to the teachers, and they're going to hear about it, and they're going to come, and they're going to testify to the great things that God has done. But I think this is a, an example of where God is going to use ordinary men, where God uses ordinary people, men and women, um, that, that aren't uh, famous, that aren't powerful, that aren't part of the elite he uses those kinds of people, and he leads them to faith in Christ. And that's probably my story. That, that's probably your story, that, that we're a fairly normal person, but God can reach into our life, and he can change us. And, and I, I also just like the idea, as you're saying that, that, that the Lord is, he, it's almost he delights in selecting those who are lowly, who are not noticed. You know, Mary and Joseph were nothing special, a carpenter, a young woman, you know, who is now betrothed to be married up in Nazareth, right? And now he selects these shepherds who are out in the field keeping watch over their flocks. And these shepherds, as they listened to the heavenly host praising God and the angels, they, they went away from them into heaven. The angels go back to their abode, which is the heavens. And, and what's the response of these shepherds? we, we got to do what we were just told. The shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord made known to us. The shepherds heard the angel's message, and they wanted to find this baby. And so their action was immediate, it, it seems. Uh, and what a shock. I mean, a dark, I mean, you know, if you think, well, maybe the moon was full that night and the stars were beautiful, yeah, right? Yeah, but. maybe, but there's no street lights. There's no car lights. I mean, it gets dark in the desert or, or in the Judean wilderness, that area at night. It is not, um, even if, as we've gone there a number of times and we've gone out into the night, it is dark. Well, and how blinding would it have been oh once the heavenly hosts appeared? And just that idea of of them praising God, glory to God in the highest. Well, the shepherds um, have received the good news. We know from our first uh, verses in Luke 2 that Mary and Joseph have finally found a place to be, not not the best, not the most comfortable, but she has now given birth to a baby. And so let's return 
we can imagine Mary and Joseph as they are sitting in this animal stable. They're gazing with wonder and awe at this newborn wrapped and sleeping in the manger. And all of a sudden, they hear motion. They're rustling feet outside the entrance of this stable area. Perhaps even a voice called out to see if there were any people inside because the shepherds were looking for a specific sign. Just like you said, Walt, it wasn't, it wasn't that this rap, babe was wrapped in claws in swaddling clothes, but rather it was that this child was laid to sleep in a manger. I want, I want to just ask you, Walt, um, that manger, we've referred to it as being stone. So often, I think we, we think of it being wood, but that would not be true in Israel. Yeah, and, and in the United States and even in Europe, mangers were built out of wood. But if you've ever had a manger built out of wood and you've watched horses or other animals, they'll chew on it and it doesn't last long. But Israel doesn't have a lot of wood, doesn't have a lot of forest. And instead, what they do have is stones. And so they build their mangers out of stone. And even today, um, 2,000, 3,000-year-old mangers are everywhere when you go to archaeological sites because they're still there. They're made out of stone, and, and that's what they would make a manger out of. And just one more point, that manger prefigures where Jesus is born to go. Uh, that manger sort of looks like the resting seat where he would be laid um, with his body. And it's just that reminder that child, children, babies especially, they, they don't belong there. But God is getting ready some pictures that will help us understand that Jesus was, was born in order to die a sacrificial death that, mm. that atones for our sins and that pays the penalty that we owe ourselves. Yeah, and that that also then just takes us back to our focus for today, and that is that Mary treasured these words. Here are Mary and Joseph. They're in this private, small family moment in a not-so-lovely delivery room, right? Yeah. And in walk a group of scruffy, dirty shepherds, and they are looking for Jesus, for the Savior, Christ the Lord. And I can only imagine their faces are beaming, and with excited voices, they begin telling Mary and Joseph about the angel's message. We were in the field, and an angel came to us, and then the angelic praise choir came and said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men whom he is pleased and, and sometimes when the when the angels come and they interact with humans, um, almost every time the humans are scared, um, and they have good reason to be. Angels are powerful spiritual beings, and they they really reside most of the time in heaven. And because of that, the the angels come and they're scared, and glory shone round about them. And that glory theme, that idea that as the angels came, they reflect the glory of God, but then they lead to the proclamation that there needs to be glory to God, both in the highest places, the heavenlies, where the angels glorify God, and then on earth, there needs to be glorifying the Lord, because he brings peace among men with whom he is pleased. And yes, Mary treasured these words in her heart. And she pondered them 
and held on to them. And, you know, I've, I've been thinking um, just head to heart with regard to this particular verse in Luke 2, verse 19. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. What were her emotions and thoughts as shepherds, complete strangers, walked into the stable where she and Joseph were gazing at the face the fingers, and the toes of this perfect baby boy. And as she pondered in her thought, and in, in, in her thoughts, she continued to hold on. You know she had to go back to Luke 1, verses 30 to 34. The angel Gabriel who had come and said, don't be afraid because this baby is going to be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. And these are thoughts that she held on to. And now these shepherds arrived and told she and Joseph what the angel had announced. And remember, when that announcement is given to Mary, it's said that he will have the throne of his father David, and his kingdom will have no end. And they're in David's hometown. I mean, this is not like... By the way, I just got chills. I'm thinking about this. This isn't accidental. This is intentional. God is putting together and placing and moving around like pieces on a chessboard because he has a plan, and he's going to get that plan in place, and he will be victorious. Someday, Jesus will come back, take the throne of David, and his kingdom will have no end. We're even encouraged to pray that. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're encouraged to pray about this coming of the kingdom. But the initial announcement is here to Mary and then to these shepherds and Joseph also. That announcement is to common people. And um, I, I love that aspect of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He comes to common people. Mm. So we want to encourage you as we close our time together today Take some time to read Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 and think about what would Mary be treasuring in her heart? What would she be pondering and holding on to? Because she had years in front of her. We've given you a link to listen to the song, Mary, Did You Know? Did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? The words in this song are amazing. And you can imagine through the years to come, Mary had much to treasure and to ponder in her heart. We trust your hearts will be filled with wonder. Jesus, God's only son, sent to earth for you and for me. And until next time, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for the Awakening in America and Outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.